0: Hello and welcome to The Rabbit Hole, the definitive developer's podcast in fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And our producer, William Jeffries. And today, we have an announcement. Stop pre-assigning your tickets. It's stop part two. Yeah, it's stop part two of many parts. I think we're going to start telling people to stop doing things. We will continue. We will we will start them and then we will continue, hopefully. But pre assigning your tickets is something we have to stop together as a group, as a collective, as a community. A
1: hundred percent agree. Yeah. Why pre assign tickets? Like what what does that mean to pre-assign a ticket?
0: So we could bring it all the way back to the beginning of the pre assignment of tickets in the first place. Usually in an agile team you'll have a sprint planning where individuals will decide what pieces of work are going to get done. That includes the product manager, the project manager, all sorts of individuals responsible for pushing that work forward. Oh, yeah. That's episode number three. Ah, episode number three. (laughs) There you go. This guy remembers all the episodes. Good stuff. Go ahead. Check it out. I I have him tattooed over here. (laughs) (laughs) So when you have sprint planning, one of the things that happens is the amount of work that gets picked up. Usually, you know your team's velocity and you say, okay, we have, suppose you do, you know, 20 points per sprint. We're going to assign the 20 points that we feel prioritized and break, like, and get to, we'll go to work and choose our own tickets. But oftentimes in sprint planning, no one leaves the room until every one of those tickets are assigned to an individual. Oh, man. And it's pretty scary. So broken. So let's talk about that for a second. We're we we're going to argue about why it's broken. But let's talk about why that is the norm for teams to want to do that. Well, I don't know that I would say that it is the norm.
2: I would say on the vast majority of Agile teams that I've been on, they actually haven't assigned tickets. I definitely have seen it. And it's definitely not uncommon.
1: Yeah. In the past, I've worked on a team where... It was a bunch of mobile engineers, and there was like one backend engineer. It's like, okay, <laughs> guess who's doing this ticket? Bobby Backend got all the backend <laughs> stories. Bobby Backend got all the backend stories. And oh, then, man. you know, Andy Android got all the Android stories. And, right. You know, iOS guy did his thing.
2: Yeah. And that's a perfectly reasonable approach. I don't think I would I would disagree with that. I mean, if you only have one person who's qualified to take the ticket, then they're going to be the one who takes the ticket. I don't know that we need the formality of like putting that person's name on every single ticket in the sprint ahead of time, but I also don't think it hurts because that's what's going to happen anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I think it has to do with like the idea that people may be able to take up X amount of work throughout the sprint and ensure that the work gets spread out, I guess. I think with the those different like tech stack silos are examples when you want to pre-assign tickets. But if it's like everyone can do the work, but then you pre-assign, that can be a little shaky. Yeah. I mean, how often are you really on a
2: team where none of the engineers have any overlap of skill set? I feel like that's pretty rare.
1: Yeah. Hopefully you have at least some other buddy that you can turn to. Yeah. I
2: mean, if you are the only engineer who understands how to do that type of code and you're, in, you're by yourself...
0: You're not going to have anybody to go to for advice. Seems like maybe you need to hire somebody. In that regard, though, there may be, even though people can overlap in certain skills, there are parts of the domain that people may be more familiar with. And suppose I'm the product manager, or rather I'm a project manager, and my job is to ensure that the work gets done as fast as possible. Wouldn't I want to make sure that the people who are assigned to the work is doing the work that they're most familiar with so that we ensure that we get this sprint done and completed.
1: Yeah, I, I've I've been in that situation too where uh I became the time lord. Mm. I was uh it was like the worst episode of uh Doctor Who and I, I just <laughs> was the guy who like, this guy understands time zones. So anything oh. related to time zones was <laughs> like a ticket
0: for me. <laughs> And I, and what it, what how did you feel about that? About being the time lord?
1: I mean, it was a really extravagant title, but <laughs> I, I really didn't feel like I wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little frustrating. You see, it's it's a very complicated domain and like you want to be able to like spread out that knowledge like when you figure something out like the the more you do that the deeper you dig your hole of expertise that you can never get out of like you can never go work on a drop down again you're only working on like time zone related edge cases
2: i think that oftentimes when we try and optimize for velocity instead of for building the right thing and building it well is we sometimes end up accelerating when we're already off course and when you accelerate while you're already off course you just end up lost faster i see
0: by picking up all the work that you have when you get delayed on something you're only farther behind
2: yeah i think that it encourages you to work on the wrong thing because when you preassign tickets an individual team member has tickets blocked right they've effectively blocked those tickets Uh, arbitrarily on whatever they happen to be working on right now and nobody else picks those tickets up even if they're higher priority so what oftentimes you see is there will be somebody on the team who's actually finished all of their work and they're picking up bug tickets and little things that don't matter or going back and fixing things that they wrote the last time that they were really slammed and had to cut corners because they actually underestimated how long things were going to take and then at the same time, you've got someone else who's totally slammed, is definitely going to miss their sprint commitment, and is pushing out low-quality work into production. And if the ticket were just not pre-assigned, the person who's free could step in and help out the person who's
0: struggling. Right. And I think, like as you mentioned before, if person A is working on on stories that... You know, the first two may have been higher priority, and but then those next two were lower priority. But person B has things that are higher priority, and on average, person A can't take those stories because they've already been pre-assigned to person B, which is a problem. So then you do pick up, you know, those bug fixes that just end up not being more helpful than the prioritized work that needs to get done.
2: Yeah, and that person who's really good at time zones, who always gets the time zone tickets, eventually switches teams or you know switches companies and all of a sudden there's this huge pile of code that no one else understands really it discourages (sighs) collaboration
0: (laughs) the time lord sighs
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i I totally i tell you about uh, bugs too like where it could be like low-hanging fruit or you could just end up piling all this weird edge case knowledge on somebody that's that's why you need a batman Episode number forty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Crushing uh, it with the ep- with the episode callbacks. Yeah, these tats. Sorry, tats.
0: <laughs> the tats Yeah, I think like, you know, when as you mentioned before, a person gets removed from the team. I think the one thing that I always go back to when it comes to like stuff like pre-assigned work is the idea of bus factor. Because if a person is a lord of a particular part of the domain, then that's a huge problem in the event that person gets hit by a bus. And you always want to make sure that your team can still survive and can still push high quality code if one person steps out of the team for X amount of time. Right. Yeah. Whatever shape that bus may take. Wedding shaped buses. (laughs) Vacation shaped buses. (laughs) Trolley buses. (laughs) Brutal. I think one of the things that pre-assigned tickets causes is the inability for the team to help other people out on things oh totally because when you're pre-assigned to work you know the amount of cards that are held against you so you want to make sure that you get these stories done so you inadvertently do not take requests from anyone because you want to make sure your work gets done so even like the little bits of like hey do you have a second do you have five minutes can we pair for a pomodoro on this one thing then it if that you would more likely say, Nope, I got things I need to get done, so I cannot help you at the moment. Yeah, that's my bottom line. Yeah. It it becomes a huge problem and like helping each other, helping the team is like for me is the utmost important thing. Because when at the end of that sprint, it shouldn't be I was unable to finish these stories. It should be we were unable to finish these stories.
2: Yeah. I think even worse than the fact that pre assigning tickets incentivizes you to not help other people because doing so makes it easier for you to finish your own work. But it actually makes it so that you benefit when your teammates can't get their tickets done because it reduces everybody else's velocity and makes you look relatively
0: better. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, oh yeah, I managed to finish all my stories. Why couldn't any of you do it? Like, it becomes one of those. Why bother training somebody up if
2: all of a sudden they're going to be pulling in 20 story points and you're only pulling in 10?
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. that's kind of interesting. Like, all the time is the thing that you, it's hard to control people's behaviors, but if you design the environment in a way, if you design the process in a way, you will encourage certain behaviors or incentivize certain behaviors. So like, by having like individual commitments, like you're saying, like, it emphasizes the achievement of the individual over the achievement of the team, which may be a more useful incentive to have.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like that basketball player who's bragging about his personal point count when his team lost the game.
0: Yeah, so being a ball hog <laughs> and mm. do your Can work, he get all the his rebounds. Yeah, <laughs> pass the ball around, guy. But like, yeah, you have to make sure that the rest of the team is doing well to get those story points done. And I think it incentivizes people to turn their backs on their own teammates to make sure that they look good.
1: Yeah. Another thing that might happen that would encourage, you know, people to assign tickets ahead of time that there, there might be like multiple competing priorities. It's like, Oh, we have to do these three things. These three epics need to get done. So, okay, Mike, you do this one. William do you do this one and I'll do this one. Right. And then that kind of, Eliminates the ability for collaboration and uh, for parallelization of the work. And you're going to end up with three things that are not done as opposed to one thing that uh, ideally, like if, if there are things that could work in parallel, then you, you could get it done quicker.
0: One can parallelize the all the work together in that rather than having three shortly de- delivered work by three different individuals, you can have like one epic that's done with three different people's uh hands tied into that work and then be able to deliver the next one and then the next one. Um so you can actually like roll out these features let's say one sprint at a time rather than slowly building those things up side by side and then releasing those three in 3 weeks. Let's in 3 sprints rather.
1: Yeah, getting quicker value
0: out of the code, like getting it out the door. That's that's more lean Right. Got to get that work out the door. Got to get them features out. Do you have any other thoughts on why we shouldn't pre-assign tickets? Yeah. I think it also breaks whip limits
2: or discourages low whip counts, meaning that people
0: start a lot of
2: tasks and then do a lot of context switching between all of them because they know no one else is going to take those tickets. They have to get them done. And so you try and parallelize and do too many things at once. I think there's a lot of literature in, in the Agile world that talks about the importance of eliminating work in progress because work in progress leads to
1: waste. Seven Wastes, episode number 80. <laughs> that is amazing. Sorry, 82. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's a little smudge on the tattoo. Go, <laughs> really got
1: like a good touch up. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like that, again, like that, that team focus changes your perspective on pulling more work in progress because like like you're impacting the team you're stopping that work from getting done by someone else and you may be stopping the team from fulfilling their commitment by like having all these plates in the air at once so you're discouraging something that is bad by the system that you're you're designing. And it
2: makes it really easy when you are blocked to just switch over to one of your other mini tickets as opposed to actually pursuing why you're blocked and getting unstuck.
0: I think one of the things you had mentioned you have too many work in progresses going on, and I think when that occurs, you're more likely to have done much more work in one big chunk rather than chopping it up into little pieces for pull requests, which then causes a person to take their time out the day to review your code. And it takes a lot longer because you have all these different work in progresses that you're trying to merge in all at once and whatnot. And that causes more time to be spent on reviewing and that kind of stuff. When you can pretty much compartmentalize all the features that needs to get done bit by bit and can be reviewed really quick, merge into master, pick up the next one, rather than having them in big chunks. I think it's another reason why you don't want to have so many whips at the same time. Yeah, and I think overall, it just, it just encourages people to not be team members. Are you just being really selfish about getting all of this work that was assigned to you rather than helping individuals out? I think when you are pre-assigned tickets, then your team is less likely to do pair programming because you're so caught up in the work that you need to get done that you're unable to pair with anyone else. I think the knowledge transferring is very important and teams miss out on that because of the pre-assignment that happens in sprint planning.
2: Oh my god! Yeah, why would you volunteer to pair with somebody else on their ticket? Yeah, I need to get that's just going
0: to put you behind on your ticket. Yeah, I need to get my work done. You're not helping me. I'm (laughs) helping me. Yeah, you
1: you could also have a case where people are choosing the tickets. They could like strategically choose all the tickets that are like pretty easy, and then you end up with people having having to pre-commit to ambiguous or challenging tasks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Sandbagging. Great move in this system. If you're (laughs) pre-assigning
2: tickets, definitely try and pump up the story points on the tickets that you pull and try and make sure that the tickets you pull are actually really easy because that's the best way to make sure that you meet your commitment.
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Although, like, again, like if you have a team focus, then that kind of thing isn't so bad. Like it's, it's fine if you are like good at identifying inefficiencies in the team's estimate because you're just fulfilling the team's commitment.
2: It's also way easier to handle little hiccups. Like if you get sick and are out for two days, all of a sudden your sprint commitment is way harder to meet. Oh, yeah. Whereas if one member of a team is out for two days, it doesn't have that big of an impact. Right.
1: Yeah. Does That does feel pretty good when you can be out of the office and people are like, I don't really care. Like, I'll miss you. (laughs) I I love you, but better. Don't come back sick. (laughs) Right. Or just to go away for two weeks and come back and be like, oh,
0: well, didn't really matter. That's fine. (laughs) All right. So I think we've been mentioning why you should stop pre-assigning your stories, right? I think we're all somewhat in the same space right now. So we can all agree that we have told everyone to stop pre-assigning their stories to their engineers because of all the cons that we just mentioned. So William, from the top, we just finished sprint planning and we realized that we're going to take X amount of points into this week's sprint. What happens after that meeting?
2: I think that you should pick up the first ticket at as close to the top of the queue as you are qualified to handle. Okay. So if the number one ticket is an Android ticket and you're an iOS developer, then skip that one. Right. But they should be arranged in priority order, and so you should be able to easily tell what's the best use of your time right now. Right. I think during the planning meeting, if you want to assign any of the tickets that have to be assigned, or if you want to assign a first ticket to everybody... That seems perfectly reasonable. Right. It's just when you try and assign everything for the entire sprint commitment. Like the sprint commitment is a team commitment. Jeff right. Sutherland was very clear about that in his right. original work, the original book on Scrum.
1: Yeah, the scrumguide.org.
0: Absolutely. One of the finest Jeffs. <laughs> <laughs> the finest of Jeffs. <laughs> yeah, but it becomes a team commitment. I mean, that's a good strategy too. Like, as long as we people can have a discussion in the sprint plan and to say, okay, Let's let's all pick one story right now from the top and then we'll we'll assess every day every morning during standup to determine where we are in that story and whether we can pick up the next high prioritized work. And I think that with that in mind, like even that system right there feels a lot more graceful. I don't want I think that's the word because you're able to pull in the work that you want to do or that the work that you can do or the work that you're interested in learning about, rather than being pushed down on the work that you have to get done and that you must do before the end of this sprint. And you pick things up by prioritization. Whether you know it or not, if you're capable of writing that code, then you're going to learn. And everyone learns that way. The knowledge silo dissolves and everyone starts learning about the code base.
2: becomes much easier to pair mm-hmm. because doing so doesn't hurt you it just helps the team yeah definitely it
1: it feels really good when you get on a team that matures and trusts each other and has a collective code ownership where they're able to comfortably work on most of the areas of the code base if not all of them like of course like there's still going to be expertise like there's still going to be somebody who has some more specific experience with a domain but given that the whole team has promised to do the thing, like that person
0: can be a resource to uh, push people ahead. Collective code ownership. Mm-hmm. Key part of Agile. Think about this for a second. This just dawned on me. Imagine you were working in a team and it was pre-assigned work and all the work that your other engineers got were high-prioritized work that seemed like things that you really wanted to learn. But if you're new to the team and new to engineering, you just got all the bug fixes. Like that's not fun either, right? Like you're just in the background dealing with bugs or the low hanging fruit. You're not working on like highly prioritized work or like this new feature that's coming out when you're pre assigned those those tasks. It's the
2: slowest way to ramp up on a team. Work on the least important stuff by yourself.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that when you work on prioritized stuff that's picked off from the top of the queue, like you had your hands in like a feature that, you know, can potentially bring your organization value and you were had the opportunity to work on that because it was the you were free to do it, you know how to do it, or you were interested in learning how to do it. When you get pre-assigned tasks, like you may get the short end of the stick. What is it? The the short straw. You may get the short straw, I think it's called. I don't know. I never picked straws before. I don't know anyone in this room who has picked straws before (laughs) but i definitely wasn't one of them but if you get a short straw then you get all the bug fixes and all the little stuff not the you know the fun work that gets done we did
1: a demo today at uh on my team and we were like looking at the page and like okay who's who's the person who has the most context to demo this page and we're looking at it it's like hey actually we all kind of came together and built little pieces of this thing and it all kind of came together in the end. Yeah, it felt
0: felt really good. Something to be proud of. Yeah, that is awesome because like imagine you had to give this demo tomorrow, but then this morning you were unable to make it to the demo. Then the demo doesn't get presented or no one's capable of giving the demo of this page. Right? Like the bus factor. Dave, I'm sorry, if you got hit by a bus in the morning and you're unable to give this demo, then whoops, there's no demo present, then that sucks. Don't get hit by a bus, Dave, is what I'm saying. Please. I, I, hope, I hope there's more that's worried <laughs> worrying people about the demo not happening. <laughs> but I also hope the demo happens, you know. Yeah, I mean, but it's more likely to happen when the knowledge is shared across the entire team. But don't yeah. get hit by a bus, Dave, please. i to look both ways. <laughs> both ways, look everywhere. It is, it is Above very, you. It is very
1: busy at 32nd Street. I, I really try my best. Although I do jaywalk,
0: yeah, the, there are, hey, <laughs> a couple hey, watch times, out, watch out. a
1: couple of near misses, but you know, <laughs> I haven't been hit
0: yet. There you go. So I'm no longer pre-assigning my stories. I've finished the one story that I was assigned. It's done. It's shipped to production. What next? Now you pick up the next ticket that's highest up in the queue that you feel qualified
2: to to tackle. Okay, and if you change your mind partway through that's okay too. In fact, the daily Scrum meeting, your standup meeting is a perfect time to do that. Jeff Sutherland actually wrote about this very topic. The daily Scrum is held every day of the sprint and at it, the development team plans work for the next 24 hours. That's what they say on Scrum.org.
1: Working in an agile way is all about maximizing feedback loops and like making them as tight as possible. So... If you have a two-week commitment and you're committing each person ahead of time, you don't really leave much room to iterate and like see what's actually happening. Because you're going to find out more as you get into it. You might become blocked. Uh, you may have to react to change. You may need like help from somebody on a different thing. And fixing it at 24 hours really helps you have that regular time to do that. Yeah, you really
2: free yourself to use your time as efficiently as possible by allowing yourself to change your mind every 24 hours about what the best use of your time is.
0: That way you can give an update to your team and everyone agrees and then you continue delivering high quality software at the end of the day. It's just something about pre-assigning work that feels like it's more of an I thing rather than, you know picking up the things of the most highest priority and it becomes a we as a team thing because if you have the highest prioritized piece of work and you need help the team's best interest is to help you unblock that work and then everyone comes together to ensure that that piece of that story gets done at the end of the day and then the daily scrum, you can update again. Hey, I'm working on this thing, or I have a blocker, please help, that kind of thing. Or I, I'm good, still working on it, should be done by the end of the day. Boom, done. Stand up, over, ship it, all the things. All right, so we've been telling people to stop pre-assigning the work. But what if me as an engineer, I want to do all the cool stuff? Why don't I pre-assign myself to all the cool stuff of the highest priority and I get to ship all the, all the nice features that come out. What do you got to say about that? Well, I think that's a great idea for now, right? In your immediate future,
2: that's going to be wonderful because not only do you get to do cool stuff, but you can make sure that you have all of the expertise in the coolest stuff so that it always makes sense for you to work on that cool stuff. And then it's easy for you to sandbag so you can make sure that you're not taking in too many story points and you have a little bit of extra slack The problem comes later on when you want to work on a different kind of cool stuff or when your team ends up performing worse over the long run and starts missing deadlines. And it doesn't matter that you personally always hit your sprint commitment and you personally get to work on this one section of the code base that you really like because when the team's not happy, nobody's happy.
0: Because at the end of the day, I mean, I was going to tell you to just fire those people. But, uh, <laughs> because I'm doing all the work and I'm shipping all the cool stuff. But the thing is, as you mentioned, the team won't be happy because we're under delivering on certain things. So It sacrifice. doesn't matter how many points you score. If your team loses, you lose. But I don't lose. <laughs> all I do is win. All I do is win, no matter what. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there is some sacrifice in the. I mean, short term, as you mentioned, yes, it's cool, it's fun. I get to do them if I pre assign myself or I ask to do those because I'm so good at it, quote unquote. But you don't share that knowledge with everyone, and it becomes a problem when the team doesn't win. It's like doing drugs. Share it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> is share the drugs. It may feel good <laughs> now, but
2: in the long run, it's very bad
1: for you. Don't do drugs, kids. Don't do drugs. Whatever you don't do, don't pre-sound. The so next episode. Seven, stop. Doing drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Next episode, which is worse,
2: pre-signing tickets (laughs) or heroin?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. Uh, Pre-signing tickets. Why choose?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So how how do you convince me not to take all the cool tickets?
0: Well, I think it's up to the individual themselves. Right? We have to understand why this person wants all the tickets. Is it because they really want to do all the cool stuff, learn everything? And not share with their team, that's kind of like wrong. I think that an individual who wants to do that should be able to share that information. If that person wants to look good and have all the points and then sandbagged, then that's like an employee problem. And that person just wants to look good or like stay up to par with the rest of the organization because they look good. I would ask that person to. Work with individuals. If they're going to take all those tickets, then they have to do like a lunch and learn. Everyone has to learn what's going on or everyone has to get a piece of that particular cool story work so that everyone can have some fun too.
2: Yeah. I mean, I usually believe that people are inherently good and they usually want to do the right thing. And usually when people... People end up becoming knowledge silos, it's not because they sort of selfishly want to hog cool work. It's it's usually more a, a sort of a trap that people fall into by mistake. Right. You know, you're good at a thing. You should do more of it right
0: it's like I mean, yeah, i'm we helping have th- by we delivering ha- this and we have a time lord in the room who was time lord <laughs> all the time <laughs> for, he, life. <laughs> for, li- <laughs> for
1: life for life and he was helping William, do, you, do you have any time problems in this project <laughs> i can i can do those problems <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's tough you know it's like uh, in the phoenix project remember brent you know the guy who got saddled with all the work because he was the best at it Yeah, and the more oh. work he got saddled with it the better he got at it and the harder it was for it seemed like else he was the win. hero
0: of the story at first, but actually, he was the villain. Yeah, I was sort of like that.
1: <laughs> tragic hero, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Trying to convince individuals to not take all the cool work—that has to be disseminated across the entire team. Everyone needs to have fun. I think you got to appeal to people's desire to do right by their teams,
2: which I think people generally have.
0: We have to make sure that even if you come across people who don't, that they still have to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like doing pair programming too for
1: spreading out cool work because then yeah. you don't have to fight. Like you can both, like two people can do it. You can rotate. Like it's as long as the stuff is getting done, then, you know, everybody has some ownership. Sharing is Contri- caring. Contribute to review.
0: Unless that person always wants to drive and forces you to always navigate. That's a whole other episode though. <laughs> I'm sure of it. Let me check my tattoo. Let, let me check, check my tattoos. Go ahead, tatch- check, check, the, check, the one on the arm. or right, hold on. Let's get a mirror and make sure that we, <laughs> we show it. Is it number four?
2: <laughs>
1: <Is> it <mirror laughs> number four is usually a pretty good guess. <laughs> it's, yeah. just,
0: it's a really yeah. It's comprehensive. I, yeah. I'm surprised with, re- I
1: surprised it. we haven't more, but I guess we always talk about pair Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So parent is parent is a great way to you know ensure that everyone has fun with all the cool work. Ladies and gentlemen, please tell your product manager, tell your project manager, stop pre assigning the work for you. Tell them, hey, don't tell me how to live my life. All right? I'm going to pick up the stories of the highest priority and we're going to get stuff done as a team. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole. And never miss an episode. Subscribe now, however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire, William Jeffries, and my amazing co-host, Dave Anderson, and me, your host, Michael Nunez, thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.